With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, all right, everybody straighten up. The boss is here, and he's wearing a jacket coming off a hit with Fox News. The great Clay Travis, nice enough to join us. Eight, nine years, $360 million for Aaron Judge. Real quick, just announced. What are your thoughts? Uh, what is that? Forty million a year? Is my math right on that? That's uh, I, I hadn't even seen that yet. That is uh, not bad. I'm assuming he's staying with the Yankees. Is that right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I had I hadn't seen that headline yet. No, literally, I uh, I finished my Fox News hit, um, and uh, we we didn't have the cameras working perfectly, so uh, so I flipped it over, and uh, yeah, look, uh, congratulations to Aaron Judge. He gambled on himself. He didn't take their offer going into uh, uh, going into the season, and I believe he's thirty or thirty-one years old. So there's been some nervousness about when he was peaking, and then he goes out. He had sixty-two home runs. I mean, heck, I I, I just I always feel good, Dan, for uh, for anybody who bets on themselves, takes risk, and wins, no matter where the uh, whether it's sports, whether it's uh, business, politics, you name it. Uh, so uh, I just would say congratulations to Aaron Judge. He, he earned it uh, with the 62 home run season. And I think it's smart of the Yankees not to let him ride off into the sunset. But did you just say $360 million? Yes, sir. You're, the, the nervousness, I think, if I'm a Yankee fan, is uh, that money on the back end, right, when he's 36, 37, 38 years old, that would make me a little bit apprehensive if uh, if I were a Yankee fan. But in the next three or four years, um, I, I think you got to be ecstatic. You definitely didn't want him going somewhere else. Yankees paid 70% more than they offered uh, in spring training. So the betting on yourself. I, I have a thing here, and you are the perfect person to ask because you are unafraid and very, very smart. I'm more emotional. I tend to look at things and go, all right, this is going to happen. I think American people, and I think this is going to be a massive problem, are starting to come to realize that elections are rigged. Rigged may be too strong a word, and I think we're going to have a real problem in this country at some, at some point uh, sooner than later. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, man. I am in the process of writing a book uh, that will be out in September. Um, about the 2024 election and what I think needs to change. So, Dan, my big thing is I want to get back to 60% of Americans. This is the sort of the thesis that I'm working with. How do we get back to 60% of Americans being like, you know what, I kind of like the president. Um, and if you remember, Bill Clinton had that. Lots of people disagreed with Bill Clinton on policy. Obviously, he had all of his shenanigans with Monica Lewinsky. But when he left office, 60% of people said, you know what? I kind of like Bill Clinton and think he's doing a decent job. Uh, I think a big part of this is we haven't really had a clarifying election very often in the 21st century. Uh, by which I mean, other than Obama in 08, 
every election that's happened in the 21st century, the side that lost can go back to the drawing board and be like, hey, you know what? If we had just changed a little bit in Ohio or if we had just tweaked our message in Florida, we would have won. And I look at this from a sports perspective. Ass kickings are clarifying. You know this as a guy who played sports. If you execute your game plan somewhat decently and you lose a basketball game by 25 or 30 or you lose a football game by 40 points, you go back and you say, hey, you know what? Maybe we need to change some of the stuff that we're doing. And we haven't had that result so far really for either party. And so I think we need a proverbial landslide where everybody looks back and they say, man, you know, if 10,000 people hadn't voted differently in Wisconsin or Arizona or Georgia or, you know, again, just look at it. Trump barely won in 2016. Trump barely lost in 2020. Uh, In 2012, uh, Mitt Romney's people would say, man, if we had just done in Ohio a little bit better. Uh, 2008, okay. So we had a, a Obama clear win. 2000, look, the Supreme Court has to get in to count whether or not uh, the, enough of the Tane Chad ballots. You know, as crazy as things are, imagine what social media would have done with the 2000 presidential election, where you got all these crazy people holding up ballots, checking to see if the imprint was deep enough, whether the hanging Chads existed. Uh, 04 was close as well. Uh, so I think ass kickings are clarifying. Um, and I think we need an ass kicking. And by the way, it could be an ass kicking going in either direction. Um, uh, because if you get whipped, then at some point you go back to the drawing board and say, this coalition that we were trying to put together, it didn't work. And I think that's where we're headed. Now, I think there was a rig job in 2020. Uh, and I think as Twitter is releasing more and more information out of social media, you're seeing what I believe is an unholy alliance between the Democrat Party and big tech. And I, I think we need hearings. I think we need a resolution in some form or fashion for that. Uh, but uh, but that is what I think uh, we're going to need to see in 2024. Because effectively, Dan, 2022 is just a dead even race again, just like, frankly, 2020 and 2016. Doesn't an ass kicking <clears throat> equal an attractive candidate? Is there a candidate out there that can provide the backside booting? Yeah, it's not Joe Biden, right? So I think Joe Biden's going to run um, at the age of 82, barring some sort of health-related condition. I think he'll announce early in 2023 that he intends to run. And uh, to your point, if that happens, if Joe Biden's the nominee, he's impo- it's impossible for him to win a big electoral victory. He's just not a strong enough candidate. He can win, but it'll be another you know white knuckler waiting to see what's going to happen at 3 a.m., uh, as as the late ballots get counted. Um, I think the Republicans with the right nominee could win a landslide. Um, I, I, I really do. Um, and uh, and I think we're going to have to, you know, play out 2023 and see how that all goes. That's either DeSantis or Trump as it sits here right now, correct? Only two guys that are in the running right now. DeSantis and Trump. I think other people will jump in. I think we're going to have a battle royale. Uh, and look, I mean, nobody foresaw Trump being the nominee in 2016, right? Just nobody did. Uh, I, I think it's possible 
that there's still a sleeper candidate out there that emerges in the 2024 race. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I right now uh, Trump is the only announced candidate. We'll have to see what happens with DeSantis and others. I got I want to get into sports with you, but I got to get to this Elon Musk uh, thing. The the legacy media has said nothing. My city, Indianapolis Star, comments on everything Musk does, every single thing. But all of a sudden, quiet here. Uh, let's move it forward. Republicans take over the House January. What's going to happen with ultimate? Ultimately, going to happen with these files? Well, first of all, we got to have more of them released. Um, and so, uh, I want to know how much unholy alliance between big tech and the Biden administration existed once Joe Biden came into office. Because so far, what Elon Musk has released is all about the Hunter Biden uh, laptop story from the New York Post. There are still theoretically a lot more details to come uh, associated with this. You got right now on the screen, uh, Elon Musk responding to my tweet over the weekend about the lack of coverage. And, uh, and, And that's, I think, one of the biggest aspects of uh, where we are as a society right now, we got a lot of propaganda outlets, people that just are not honest with their audience. The New York Times, The Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC, they barely covered this story, which leave aside your politics, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, independent, even if you're a disaffected voter. The idea that a major American corporation censored the ability of a news outlet to share a story that is highly relevant about the 2020 election is a monster story standing alone. The fact that that censorship may well have swung the outcome of the 2020 election makes it an even bigger story. Uh, And I'm just ecstatic. And And I do think this is going to be seismic going forward that Elon Musk now owns Twitter and that effectively we have behind the curtains optics on at least one of the big tech companies and what their relationship has looked like with the Democrat Party. Um, you know, Dan, I've been making a joke about it because otherwise, you know, it's, 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 I feel like you have to use humor on it. <laughs> they banned Donald Trump, the sitting president of the United States, from effectively communicating on any Internet platform in the country in January. If Donald Trump of uh, 2021, if Donald Trump, Dan, had decided, you know what, I'm not really into politics anymore, but I really like knitting. I want to get back into my knitting universe, and I want to start making uh, a bunch of Christmas stockings, right, to hang by the fire. I'm just going to knit them myself. Pinterest wouldn't let him sell them, Dan. He couldn't have a Pinterest account. Leave aside Twitter. Leave aside Facebook, Instagram, whatever else. They wouldn't let him sell stockings if he wanted to get into knitting. That's how crazy all of these bands were. And they were all happening collusively uh, the, via uh, coordination, I believe, where everybody is working with, uh, with concert with the Biden White House to ban Donald Trump from being able to share his opinions. And let me just say this, too. I'm a First Amendment absolutist. But especially when it comes to political candidates, we should be able to hear everything that a political candidate wants to say in public because it makes 
your decision as a voter more informed? I'm not sure. In fact, I think it probably doesn't help Donald Trump to be on social media at all. I think he would benefit if he ran a Biden-style campaign where he just sat in his basement and let Biden continue to destroy everything that he touches. But the idea that we don't allow the president of the United States or a candidate for major political office to speak as widely as he possibly can, to me, is a huge failing uh, of what's going on. By the way, I'm, I'm also looking over my shoulder here. I have no idea uh, what the backdrop is here. This is my home office, but my television uh, camera feed was not working this morning, so I'm just spinning around here. So uh, I hope you enjoy a, a, a behind-the-scenes view of, uh, of, of, the, uh, of the Travis family home office. I like also, hey, there's nothing wrong with the Travis family up. home office. One of my kids may come running up with a cat at any moment, too. I can't see him over my shoulder. There's no telling what might happen. <laughs> I got to get into some sports here in your town. Your, your general manager, John Robinson, all he does yeah. is kick my town's backside. And well, that's a change, by the way, because we couldn't beat the Colts for about 10 years, so I'm glad we can finally beat them. But, yeah, so he got fired yesterday, <laughs> yeah. middle of my – Middle of my radio show. I don't know what happened. Uh, I feel like it has to be a Mike Vrabel power struggle. And Mike Vrabel, who's a heck of a head coach, finally said, how many crappy players in a row from the draft can my GM give me and try to make me win? Uh, I do think it was connected in some way to the A.J. Brown trade um, and, uh, and the fact that A.J. Brown went off on the Titans on Sunday. And, uh, and you know, Vrabel was not happy, and, and I wasn't happy as a Titan fan, Dan. Look, I've been going to Titans games since they, you know, moved into the new stadium in 98, I think, or whatever it was. I think it was 98, 98 or 99. And uh, I'm a season ticket holder, uh, just a regular fan in the NFL, like a lot of people out there watching or listening to us right now. And uh, there's John Robinson there, uncomfortably swinging from a bottle of water. I don't know that that's the most flattering. <laughs> I don't know that that's the most flattering photo that I would have if I were John Robinson. Uh, but uh, but look, I mean, he failed a lot in the draft. Uh, you know, and I, I understand the idea of hey, the Titans are probably going to win their third straight division title. But your Colts are four, eight, and one, and they're the second best team in the division. So I don't know that going. Nine and eight, or maybe even eight and nine, which probably would get it done, is a uh, is, is the standard that you want to set. And also, the Titans are slipping, right? Um, and uh, and they may win the division again, but it feels like their window is closed. And I think if you're Mike Vrabel, you look around and say, "Boy, if we had kept AJ Brown, maybe we keep that window propped open just a little bit for one more year." And right now it isn't, right? There's no way that – and I think the bigger challenge, and this is tough, is, I mean, you got Joe Burrow, you got Patrick Mahomes, you got Josh Allen. That doesn't even really factor in Lamar Jackson. We'll see what ends up happening with him, whether Deshaun Watson ever comes back and is very good, Justin Herbert. The entire AFC is stacked with stud young quarterbacks. And if you don't have your own young stud quarterback – your chances of competing for an AFC uh, title are virtually zero uh, because you have to win two or three games in the AFC to even get to the Super Bowl. And that means you're going to have to beat probably two or three of those guys. Um, and I just don't see that happening very often for the Titans. 
you know how this you know how this goes though. You see, like in our city, we got we got no coach, we got no offensive coordinator, we got no quarterback, but we got a GM that our owner calls a winner, and he's 46, 50, and one over his time here. So you guys do this winning, whatever the level is, you win your division. So immediately my brain and most people's brain goes to what? We go to there's gotta be something in the background here, right? There's gotta be something. More I, than just wins and losses and to get fired during the season. If you're in the NFL, it always kind of sets off alarm bells for is there something else going on? And unlike college football, where you see the contracts and you kind of know, uh, you know, presumably he's getting paid out uh, his full contract. They just signed him to an extension in February. So unless there's something behind the scenes and he's getting fired for cause, uh, which you would know about if it were college football or college basketball or you know something like that, um, the whole thing just seems very, very strange. Did the college football playoff folks get it right? Did the Heisman folks get it right? College football playoff got the right four. If I were waving my magic wand, I would have made TCU four and Ohio State three so that we had a rematch of Michigan-Ohio State, and Georgia got to play the weakest of the four uh, teams to make the playoff, which to me is something that the number one overall seed would deserve, as opposed to right now, it appears, based on the Vegas lines, that Georgia-Ohio State are the two best teams, and they will be playing in the first round in Atlanta. Uh, so that is what I would uh, that is what I would change if I had that uh, that opportunity. Um, and for the Heisman, I, I Hinden Hooker had to be there, uh, and the fact that he did not make it, I think, is a uh, is is a really poor choice. I mean, if you took Hinden Hooker off of Tennessee, let's say, and replaced him with Stetson Bennett or Max Duggan, um, I think that's probably a six or seven win. University of Tennessee team. And to me, if you're really assessing best player, that's a way to test who is the best player out there is let's flip him and put uh, him on another team. I mean, if you put Hendon Hooker on the Georgia Bulldogs, Georgia, I think, is still undefeated, right? Um, With that defense, Hendon Hooker would have had to do a lot less, not trying to take anything away from Stetson Bennett. I would have no problem. I think he's a fantastic story from walk-on to potential two-time national champion. Uh, but he's not the reason Georgia is undefeated. Uh, and I think if you put uh, the, the only guy out there where I would say, okay, I'm not sure that Hendon Hooker would be better than them is uh, is Caleb Williams. And uh, I suspect Caleb Williams will win the, uh, win the, uh, the, 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 the Heisman. But he's the only guy of the nominees where I say, okay, if you switch him out and switch these guys on the two teams they're playing for, he's the only one I'm not sure about. And frankly, we don't know because USC played a lot easier schedule than Tennessee did. Um, One of the reasons I love working for you and I love being a part of OutKick is you get to think for yourself. And you don't like – So I'm going to go back to something. One of the things that you have talked about, and it drives me nuts, and it has since I was 10 years old. I have a motto, and we have a motto in our family, sack up. And then part of that motto is never be a victim. Whatever happens, just figure it out. Yeah, I I don't know if you – and that's why 
That's why I love working for you. Um, But did you see this? I'm going back to Elon Musk. So the janitors, the union, uh, struck against Elon Musk at the Twitter headquarters because of the firings of Twitter employees. So Elon Musk fired the union. So now what is the union doing? They're claiming victimization, right? The union struck, got fired, and is now a victim. It's unbelievable, this world. Well, look, um, I, I think, uh, you know, this certainly ties in with DBAP. Um, but what I, I, I think there's so much. So the Internet is essentially, Dan, a blame factory. And very rarely does the Internet blame factory end up blaming yourself. Right. I'm big on right. you can't rely on anyone else. Right. I mean, you think about the Internet. Basically, bad thing happens and immediately there's a race to figure out who's to blame for the bad thing happening. What I tell my boys uh, is you can't control anything other than your effort, other than your work ethic, right? That's ultimately the case for everybody. And uh, it's convenient to sit around and say, well, this person did that and that. But to my experience, the harder I work, the more success I have, I want to have as much control. You know, if you want to psychoanalyze me, the two things that would probably be uh, uh, tough is I want as much control as possible because I trust my decision making and I am super impatient. I want things to happen as rapidly as they possibly can. Um, And between those two things, sometimes that can be a challenge, but ultimately I think self-reliance is the key to life because if you are sitting around constantly pointing to somebody else for what they're doing, then you are making excuses for yourself. I think I think I'm paraphrasing this correctly. I love this about Lamar Jackson. He would wear nobody cares work harder uh, T-shirts uh, uh, sometimes to his press availability. And I just thought, oh, man, that sums up everything so well. Nobody cares. Work harder. Um, You know, I think mental toughness is a big thing. I spend a lot of time thinking about this now because I've got three boys that I'm raising. Uh, But nobody cares. Work harder, I think, is great parenting advice for your kids, particularly in this era when everybody wants to be a victim. Oh, I told you this before. My daughter's a teacher in your kid's school district, and She'll call me with something. I go, you know, nobody really gives a damn. You, know, you understand? No, you, you're, you got to figure it out. Dad, this is going to, nobody really gives, you know, I, I don't say damn. I use a different word, but they, they tell me not to swear thing, on here. Thanks to your daughter for teaching in our district. It's a great district out here. But have you seen the meme uh, of a guy responding to this long thread? And, uh, and I'm paraphrasing this again, but it's like, I don't have time to read all that. I'm sorry that happened to you. Or congrats. Uh, and I just, I mean, I <laughs> yeah. love that. Like, yeah. you're upset, you know, like with some story that you're trying to tell. And the reality is everybody's super busy, right? And so uh, to the extent that you are whining or something is, uh, is, is bothering you, um, you know, nobody cares work harder is, uh, is pretty good advice in life. And you are talking about earlier, one of the things that, that, you know, I think is important at um, 
at OutKick is finding talented people and giving them creative freedom. Um, and, uh, and certainly you're very talented and we're increasingly hiring more and more talented people. And I'm big on don't try to micromanage. If you're good at something, you know, you can always get better. There's always a refinement that can come on any talent, but you know, let the, let the thoroughbreds run. Um, and, uh, and, and I hope that's what we're doing. Oh, you're, do- hey, you're doing that absolutely with me. I don't know if it's good or bad. You know, in sports, Clay, uh, my son's coaching at Illinois State. He's a full-time assistant. You know, wins or losses matters. And I always tell him, I go in sports, there's two things to remember. The Colts cut Peyton Manning and Indiana basketball fired Bob Knight. If yeah. it happens to them, it can happen to you. So make sure you're doing everything you can, man. That's it in sports, those two things. That's great. Um, and, uh, and you know, what I always say in sports is so long as your talents exceed your problems, you will be employed. Oh, Deshaun Watson's accused of sexually assaulting 30 women or whatever. What did he get? The biggest contract in the history of anybody to ever play football, Dan, uh, because the Browns decided we need a quarterback and, uh, we know in the past that he's been good. And if he can be great for us at some point in the future, We'll overlook all of those red flags, all of those issues, uh, because we think his talents exceed his problems. And that is a story that applies across every profession, right? The guy who sells the most cars on your car dealership can get away with some uh, issues that the guy who sells the fewest can't. And that's the truth. That's how business works. If you can produce, your standard is different. Um, and I think everybody understands that, but sports is perfect. Bob Knight could produce, could produce, and they decided, you know what, can't produce like he used to. All of a sudden, some of these shenanigans were ready to fire him. The Colts, I think, were wrong, although you know, you ended up with Andrew Luck. If he had decided to play, that transition would have gone really well. Uh, I don't think they expected Peyton Manning to have the four years, I think it was, of high-quality play, two Super Bowls like he did for the Broncos, uh, but – they decided that Peyton Manning's health, a.k.a. his problems, were not as good as his talents. Uh, they'll do it to anybody. Uh, look, I mean, the Patriots decided it for Brady on some level, really. Um, and I think they were wrong on that, too. But that's the world we live in. Hey, I appreciate I kept you way too long, man. I, I, <clears throat> I appreciate you taking a few minutes with us. And again, I say this in all sincerity. I, I love working for you, and thanks for letting me do so. Seriously, I love it. Thank you for letting me. Well, thank you for being here. Keep up the good work. We appreciate everybody watching the Outkick Network and listening to it. Now I'm going to go take my jacket off and take my kids to school. Uh, I'll see you, my man. <laughs> see, see you, Clay. That's the best. It's the best. I'm telling you, it is so much fun working here because you get with our team and we talk about what we're doing. Aaron leads us. Dylan gets it all done. I just sit here and talk, and we've got an amazing team here. And I've met Dylan one time. I've met Aaron one time. But it just, it clicks for us. And we're doing it a little different now. You got to go to YouTube. You got to go to at don't at me. At least I hope we're on don't at don't at me. But it's just an absolute blast. Hey, I don't know if you saw this, but in the world where we're all going to be driving electric cars, Apple actually scaled back. They were originally, it was called Project Titan. And they were going to give or get electric cars going by 2025. And now, because this is not as easy as people think, 
it is not nearly as easy as people think. And one of my dear friends is a man named Greg Bozak, owes, owns nine dealerships, Honda dealerships, all across Northwest Indiana. And he's like, I gave a presentation to the Honda dealers. They got mad because I explained to them how lithium batteries, all this stuff. It just is not that easy. So last year they said 2025. This year they're saying 2026. And in the middle of it, the stock dropped two and a half percent yesterday when they made this pronouncement. So we may not get electric cars as quick as you want. And I got to tell you, and I'm, I'm very serious about this. Do any of you give a damn? Like, maybe you do, but I don't want to be driving across town and next thing you know, I got to stop. Where's the charging station? I don't need that crap. By the way, the clown Jeff Passon's probably sitting right now on a, uh, or standing right now on a booth. All right, or on a, what's it called? On a uh, stand to do this radio hit. There is no bigger D-bag in sports than Jeff Passon. All right. When we return, I got to see where we're at. I got some headlines for you. Are you kidding me? Deion Sanders is already getting it done. Baker Mayfield, nine lives. We'll be right back. I'm fired up. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hey, let's talk some headlines from last night. That's right, let's talk some headlines. I don't know. He must have nine lives. I guess he does. Nine lives is what Baker Mayfield purportedly has. He was rolling in Cleveland, right? He was getting it done with the Browns. We saw commercials. And by the way, he was really, really good in those commercials. Like people said that were in uh, the acting uh, sphere that Baker Mayfield was as good an actor as they've ever seen as an athlete. He was a natural. Maybe he'll end up there. But oh, by the way, Baker Mayfield is going to the Rams. Now, John Wolford and Bryce Perkins are the quarterbacks of the Rams, so it makes sense that you bring in a former number one uh, pick in the NFL draft, that being, of course, Baker Mayfield, to get her done. Now, the Rams are going to pay the $1.35 excuse me, million dollars that Mayfield is owned, and this is going to be interesting because Mayfield has gotten opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, and with no Cooper Cup, I don't know. They actually said that you may see him as early as Thursday playing in the end. Hey, look, Baker Mayfield seems to be one of those guys that wants to play. You can say whatever you want about him, but, you know, a lot of guys get traded and all of a sudden they want to sit out. Well, I got to need time. I got to take my time. I got to do all that. Uh -uh. He seems like he wants to go and he is there. Get ready and go play. So we shall see what we shall see, but it is fascinating to me that Baker Mayfield, here he goes, boom, boom. He's playing, he's balling, he's rolling. Good for him. Um, we all saw the video of Deion Sanders, right? We all saw Deion Sanders basically telling everybody, hey, look, you better get out of here. You better go to the portal. You better get, if you don't want to do things my way, because I'm bringing in Louie. 
which means very expensive, very fancy, very good players. Louis Vuitton is what he was referencing, Deion Sanders. So Deion Sanders says, hey, look, I'm bringing in Louis. If y'all want to go to the portal, go to the portal. And I loved it. But, but, his quarterback's already left. Now he says his son's the quarterback. We think, we know actually, Deion Sanders is going to get players. The guy at Indiana, Mike uh, Woodson. Mike Woodson has the same kind of mentality without the flash of Deion Sanders. The same kind of, you know, gravitas. People gravitate to him. Well, Lewis, or excuse me, um, Mike Woodson turned down some really good players out of loyalty to the kids that are in Indiana's program. Deion Sanders starting a program is not going to do that. Deion Sanders, I believe we have something on Sanders here from Twitter. Deion Sanders is not doing it. Uh, A source tells me over 200 recruits and portal transfers have reached out. Some of them are four and five star caliber players. Deion Sanders has a choice, chance to make some noise before signing day. NIL money is also rolling in, I'm told. Now, anybody that wants to be on Deion Sanders' good side, and they all do in Colorado, could certainly put that out, right? They could absolutely put that out. Anybody can put anything out on Twitter that they want. This guy that did that is a national host and producer for On3, which is a sports site. Uh, Colorado Bluffs recruiting expert, he says. Uh, Chicken tender subs are on sale for a reason. There you go. So the idea of, guess what? The idea that Deion Sanders is going there to do anything but succeed is nuts. And I totally believe that report. Now, you understand, if you know me, that I don't believe nothing. And recruiting gurus, I got two words for you, my backside. But the truth of the matter is this. Deion Sanders, to me, to me, to me, is going there. Players are going to want to play. They're always going to want to play. They're never going to stop wanting to play. Media is going to be on his good side. And Deion Sanders is the perfect guy to bring back discipline, toughness, and talent, and NIL money equaling wins at Colorado. And let's be honest, who do you really have to beat? Well, what's USC and UCLA go? Who do you really have to beat? The Arizonas? Michael Penix in Washington, he stayed up allegedly for around $3 million. Yeah, they'll be good. Utah, very good. But really, when you're Deion Sanders and you take the Colorado job, it's not like you're jumping into the SEC or the Big Ten East. You're jumping into something pretty comfortable. And he can coach, and he can lead, and he can discipline, and he can get it going. And I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, when you can do all those things and then you bring in a ton of talent, do not, do not think for a second that coaches and players aren't going to want to be a part of it. Let me give you a name of a coach, Sean Lewis. Sean Lewis is the head coach of Kent State. Kent State historically has been one of the worst programs in the country. Kent State is 19 and 17 under Coach Lewis. Coach Lewis is only 36 years old. I am the poster child for get out of the Mac. Go, be gone with you. Anyway, so Sean Lewis has been trying to leave. He tried to get the Cincinnati job. Went to Satterfield from Louisville. Now 
he is leaving an experienced head coach to go with Deion Sanders at Colorado. Beautiful move by Coach Lewis. Get out of the MAC where coaches go to die, I did, and go somewhere where it is high energy. I'm curious about this. How many nationally televised games next year will you see Colorado, whether it's Fox or ESPN? I don't know if CBS has part of the contract. I'm going to tell you how many. Minimum three. Now, it's not like there's 162 games in a schedule, but minimum three. You're going to see Deion Sanders. You're going to see Colorado everywhere, and I can't wait. I don't care about the whole get out of here thing. What I liked about Deion Sanders was that he immediately comes in with discipline. He said, when he says toughness, repeat it. When he said whatever, he said smart, repeat it. That I love. And let's be honest here also. Deion Sanders is above the media. The media will kiss Deion Sanders' backside. Why? Because Deion Sanders will call him out. Why else? Because every white media guy in the country doesn't want to be called one thing and one thing only. And what is that thing? Say it out loud. Racist. So Dion comes, nobody, and I mean nobody's going to criticize him. He, I love tough coaches. I'm tired of coaches that kiss backside. I've had enough. I'm very public about it. So if I see a coach that does what Sanders does, which is make guys repeat stuff, which is make guys have a little bit of discipline, even in a meeting, are you insane? I love it, baby. I absolutely love it. I love it uh, from here to eternity, whatever, from here, from infinity and beyond. I freaking love it. Period. All right. Let's go to Christian Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo is likely to join a Saudi Arabian team. All right. That team's name is El Nasir. Listen to this. I don't know. He's saying no, but he's concentrating on leading, what is it, Portugal to the freaking World Cup championship, and I'm cool with that, right? That's great. But this guy, Ronaldo, is set to make, you see it, a salary of $200 million a year. Now, my peeps are telling me that's double the NBA. Put the graphic up. I don't know if we have a graphic. I think we might. That's double the NBA salary cap. That's more than each NFL team's payroll. That's more than half of MSMLS soccer, the league payroll for this guy. Now, he's saying no. And, of course, he's going to catch holy hell if he goes and plays with the Saudis because, let's be honest, we pick and choose who we're mad about. We're mad at the Saudis in golf. We celebrated them in soccer, which I did as well, just because the players played really hard. We pick and choose. We pick and choose. We do the things that we think fit a narrative. I don't know. You tell me. Here's the deal. They were supposed to pay $30 million in a fee to Manchester United for this guy. And then, as you see, there's rumors of $275 million a year. Now, maybe that's euros and it comes to 200. Hell, I don't know. All I know is this, when you are doubling the NBA salary cap, and it's only to you, when you are making more than an NFL team play, uh, payroll, and it's only you, and you're making half of an MLS payroll, and it's only you, that's good to be you. Really good to be you. Now, the dude is 37 years old. 
Like, think about the old guys. Uh, Aaron Judge, 31 years old. What are we doing? They gave him a contract. It's going to take him to 40 years old. Insanity. I love it. Everybody should get on testosterone and hormone treatments. Everybody should get on TB12. I don't care who you are. That's what you should do. That's where we should bring it. And let's go, period. Whew. All right. Anybody that knows me knows I'm a lifetime Cub fan. Everybody that knows me knows that I am all in on the Cubs. 2016, I sat there. You know who Kara Lawson is? Kara Lawson's a really nice lady. She's a terrific coach, I guess. I don't know. She coaches Duke basketball. I worked with her at ESPN. So in 2016, I had to go to ESPN. We all did for basketball meetings. And I got there in a hurry so I could hang with my friend Bart Fox, my producer, at the bar in the Doubletree to watch the Cubs play the freaking Indians in Game 7 of the World Series. First time in my lifetime. I get there. Bart's got his Cubs jersey on. He's got a seat at the bar. We're, you know, whatever. Rajah Davis comes up, hits a home run. The bar is crowded. Here comes Carol Lawson. That's my boy, Rajah. I'm like, yeah, good for your boy. I grabbed three beers. I went up to my room. I drank my beers. I watched in silence, text my buddies. I didn't want to hear from nobody. This is a lifetime of Cub fandom. I got some clown saying, that's my boy, Rajah Davis. Yeah, leave me alone. I love Carol Lawson. Sorry about the clown comment, but that's what it was at the time. It's like, get away from me. This is the moment I have been waiting for. So, Jason Hayward, during a timeout, because there was a rain delay, gives this impassioned uh, impassioned speech. Jason Hayward can't hit nothing. Bad contract. But he won games for you in right field. Jason Hayward is, according to Cubs and Cubs lore, the man who set everything on the course when they came back from a rain out. Guess what? Hayward, contract up. They signed Cody Bellinger. I love it. It's a one-year, $17.5 million deal. That's what it is. My earpiece is coming out. I'm getting so fired up. But I got to tell you, so my man, Cody Bellinger, comes out, all right? Cody Bellinger is no different as a player than (laughs) Jason Hayward. I doubt that Cody Bellinger can do what Jason Hayward did which is lead men. Here you go. Last three years, here's your batting averages. Or whatever these are, I don't know. Whatever the heck these are. Slugging percentages, I don't know. Bellinger, actually, no better, even worse than Hayward. That's what we got. But it's only a one-year deal. It's not a bazillion-dollar deal. It's kind of a prove-it deal. Now, you're talking about a guy that was the MVP. Get yay, rock, go fight, win. So I like it. I like that at least the Cubs uh, aren't playing Frank Schwindel anymore. That's fine. Although I like Frank Schwindel. I thought he was a fun guy to watch. But I gotta t- at least they got names that you know. But gone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I had to go uh, through it, but I did. Because the Cubs make me nuts. i tell you what else makes me nuts. And i tell you what I'm tired of. I'm tired of Andrew Luck. You're not tired of Andrew Luck. I'm tired of Andrew Luck. So Andrew Luck finally, because, well, you know, Seth Wickersham is a guy that, oh, wait, he, uh, well, uh, he likes skiing, all right? He was an extreme skier. So let me go through this. I made some notes. 
So, Luck comes out and lets everyone know now that as an NFL quarterback, he didn't want to leave. That's what I got out of this. He admitted he held back info about a shoulder that I broke the story that he hurt not playing football. No. No, no, no. Snowboarding in Europe. And he had to be, he had to be taken off a mountain. Now, Luck comes out as a victim, right? That's what he is. He's a virtuous victim. But that guy didn't hesitate signing up for a $149 million deal. He didn't hesitate. He didn't hesitate that. Sure, he's never told anybody how he hurt his ankles or lower leg or whatever the Colts lied about, which caused him to retire. But my man withheld information, didn't want to lead as an NFL quarterback, hurt his shoulder snowboarding, yet he signs up for $140 million of Jimmy Ursay's money, and we're supposed to be a victim. The dumbasses at ESPN tried forever to get Luck to talk. The clowns here in Indianapolis tried forever, but Luck decided because Seth Wickersham is what? He's a skier, an extreme skier, that I'm going to do it. You can't make this up. And he had all that time to plan. This is Andrew Luck. This is our guy. This is the man. This is the biggest story. Uh, Listen, uh, I don't know. They never talked about what happened to his ankle that forced him to retire. They, They never did that. Luck deals with one omission of truth at a time. That's what he does. He figures out what to admit, omit. He's a typical millennial. He just wants you to believe he's some sort of victim. And you know what? He is. Now, there's some crap in this article. One of the crap things is he likes to fish for trout in Indianapolis. Really? Okay. Where you do that? Eagle Creek? All right. Look, I saw the video where Luck uh, hurt his kidney. But you know what? He left the pocket. He missed players. But yet the Indianapolis market will tell you, Ryan Grigson hurt his knee and kidney. No, he had a guy wide open, didn't throw it. I'll play the video on my Twitter coming up in a little bit. But he's a wounded warrior. That's what they're treating. It's shameful. He should be ashamed, actually. He should be absolutely ashamed for trying to act like some sort of victim here, for trying to act like some typical little whiny, my backside millennial. That's what Andrew Luck is. That's all he is in this article. His dad then did the same. His dad, when he had the XFL, didn't show up for work. His dad ran when it got tough in the XFL. Where do you think Andrew Luck learned to run when it got tough? Oh, the great Oliver Luck, who has left every job that he's ever had. I'm not saying he got fired. I let the guys uh, in the indie market always say who get fired. But I will tell you this, he ran from the AD's job at West Virginia, ran from a cushy job here in Indianapolis with the NCAA. And of course, had to be sued and sued when he left the XFL. That article is total crap. Andrew Luck should be embarrassed. And at some point in our world, let's stop whining and let's stop being uh, victims. That's all. Speaking of victims, my guys here with, uh, with OutKick, my guy, 
Dylan, Ryan, we got a breaking story. It's new this morning. This is pretty funny. I love these stories. Minutes ago, a bus carrying from Texas, carrying dozens of migrants who say they're from Nicaragua, arrived outside the National Observatory in Washington, D.C., where the vice president lives. The Texas governor said, his office said, that they've sent 8,400 plus, 8,400 plus, meaning more than 8,400, men, women, and children to D.C. since April. Uh, You see that right there. The migrants that arrived today were immediately met by volunteers from SAMU First Response who triaged their needs and travel plans before loading them into vans, heading to their organization's respite to help them plan the next step. Now, the first comment under that is, why isn't the bus driver being arrested for illegal trafficking of human beings? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's not illegal. Maybe that's just a talking point that somebody with a fake name on Twitter wants to say. I mean, look, if Joe Biden yesterday famously said uh, it ain't that important to go to the border, then you know what? Good for him, man. Good for Joe Biden. Yeah, if that's how you feel, then it shows how out of touch you are, how you really don't care, how lazy you are for the American people. So, hey, it isn't all on Texas to cover for illegal immigration. It isn't all on Arizona to cover for this New Mexico. It's not on them. It's on D.C., isn't it? It's on D.C. I got a question for you. This is just me. Every single time I see, every time I see Snoop Dogg, I see a guy that bragged about being a pimp. Isn't he an illegal trafficker? Why don't we ever talk about Snoop Dogg being a pimp? I mean, he bragged about being a pimp. He shows himself being a pimp. By all accounts, he was a pimp. Isn't that illegal sex trafficking? Why don't we ever talk about that? So some poor schmo bus driver who, hey, look, man, you got to drive these guys. Maybe there's two bus drivers. Hell, I don't know. But all of a sudden, these guys are illegal trespassers. I got Snoop Dogg telling me to buy Corona. Looks like he was a sex trafficker. Isn't that what pimps by definition are? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe I just missed the point again. It seems to be what I do. I just missed the point, I guess. Really? Okay. If you say so, then I say so. Uh, Warnock over Walker yesterday. Nobody surprised by that. I honestly believe this. I think at some point, I don't know about a civil war, but we're going to have some type of uprising, not from only Republicans, but from the American people who have just had enough. I think we all feel like, even the Democrats, uh, if you really ask them deep down, yeah, there's stuff going on with elections. How can a guy, and this is interesting to me, get elected when all he legitimately does All he legitimately does is hate. That's what he does. He hates. I don't know what to tell you. He hates. 
Face mask Mosolanti, or whatever his name is. Coach, I largely disagree with you in just about every take you have. That said, I'm incredibly happy that there's at least one person in the media sensible enough to think clearly on the luck retirement. It's nothing shy of embarrassing, and he deserved to hear those, bu- uh, those boos. Well, I guess so. I guess he deserved to hear boos. I have no idea what he deserved or no idea what he did not deserve, and I don't care. But I will say this. When you are Andrew Luck and you go to dinner and you tell a bunch of friends that you are going to retire, you are an idiot. You can take your Stanford degree. You can take being valedictorian. You can take whatever. But when you are Andrew Luck and you break a bombshell, which is in this story, and it contains I'm going to retire, and you don't think that's going to get to Adam Schefter or Old Mort or anybody, then you're a stone idiot. And I never thought he was an idiot. I thought he was a fraud. I thought he was a football player that never learned. But I never thought that he was an idiot. I never did. But you know what? I think he is now. I think he's an idiot, and I think he's a victim. And you know what? If you just, uh, Idiot's probably too strong, probably a little too tight. And I, last thing on Andrew Luck, and then I'll move on. I'm just tired of him. So there you go. I am going to move on. Trey Wallace is going to join us. Here's my thing. And I would ask you this. If you were a member of the college football playoff committee, how do you not put Ohio State and Michigan two and three? See, how do you not? How do you not say, hey, look, it's clear. Let's be honest. TCU is not as good as Ohio State. I understand Ohio State got beat by Michigan, but I also understand that Ohio State beat the living hell out of Penn State. I also understand that TCU couldn't do any of that stuff. I understand that. So there's no way you can tell me, none, zero, after I looked at it, that TCU is better than Ohio State. Now, you can tell me all you'd like about, oh, I don't know, You can tell me about the wins, the conference championship game, all that crap. That's fine. But they lost in the conference championship game. I think I'm wrong. I want Clay or uh, Trey Wallace to tell me I'm wrong. I also want Trey Wallace, and we're going to do this. We're going to give you the numbers on the transfer portal. My guys at Indiana have lost basically all their quarterbacks, their best tight end, uh, some kid that everybody says is good, this McCullough kid, too skinny. Urban and I were watching him. We're like, yeah, he's not a five-star player. But that's all right. Indiana fans thought they were. So now everybody's got a reboot. Is it good for college football? Guys that never coach tell me it is. Is it bad for college football? Guys that have been around it a little bit uh, tell me it absolutely is. I don't know. I have no idea. But I do know that Trey Wallace and I are going to give you the final numbers on the transfer portal, and you're not going to believe it even a little bit. I'll be back with the great Trey Wallace next. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Yeah. 
You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Hey, look, if we're going to talk college foots, we got to check in with our guy, the legend, the man, Trey Wallace, joins us. Um, I don't think people quite understand, Trey, how big the transfer portal is. You've got the numbers. I, I did do this. I did see a study that said 60% of the guys going into the portal don't find a home. 40% do because people forget we still got high school kids coming in. We still got junior college kids coming in. Uh, Give me the numbers. Walk me through what's happening here since Monday. Yeah, Dan, uh, good to join you, brother. And and, and it's absolute chaos is like a a word to use uh when everything seems to be just going crazy and i think that's what you have with the transfer portal uh starting on monday you look at the numbers that we have right now uh there are over 1000 players in the transfer portal um and and i'm going off uh, a good website on3 uh transfer portal tracking and you look at the numbers that have gone in. So out of the thousand, only eight have withdrawn right now. So here's what we're getting at with the transfer portal. You're going to have a lot of players that entered this portal. They're a, the, the stars are doing it for leverage. Okay. Uh, and to potentially find a new home. Um, the, the others, you know, they think that there are just these greener pastures, Dan, and the problem that we're running into right now, I was talking to an assistant coach this morning for a power five school and that there's not going to be enough spots around the country for these players. So you're going to see some of these guys that have entered the transfer portal in the last three days that are not going to have a home once that the the early early enrollee time starts so even even once the winter semester starts in january so it is it is it is so chaotic right now uh, if i'm not mistaken they had six florida gators hit the portal this morning uh that number might be off by by one or two i'm just going off this website alone but you look at texas a&m they lead right now when it comes to players hitting the portal which is not surprising uh, because there was a a lot of discomfort in College Station, and I think Jimbo Fisher wanted some out, but I think a lot of these players figured out that they got to go find playing time somewhere else. But but Dan, right now it's 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 wild and it's unexpected for a lot of people. Like they look at it, like if you if you had somebody like on, you turn your alerts on on Twitter for one of these sites, you're getting a notification every minute of a player entering the portal. And this is something nobody's ever seen before. So I, I get where some are kind of freaking out a little bit about this. And and I was too on Monday. I was like, I was really surprised at the amount over 650 players, but damn, where the hell are these people going to go? You know, there's not enough schools. There's not enough spots. 
I want to go to something you said because Michael Penix did this, and Michael Penix is the quarterback at Washington. He was going to leave, and maybe he should have left. I personally watched Penix. I don't think so, but he, he made a great move. The word on the street was that dude got himself $3 million. So as opposed to trying to hang on somewhere with what? A backup job for less than that? He gets to stay in college, take online classes that are meaningless, basically be a professional football player, and make $3 million. It's freaking awesome, and that's the leverage you're talking about. The smartest thing he could have done, because you look at the draft class of NFL quarterbacks, it's it's deep, but I don't know how like good deep it is. So you look at a player like Michael Penix, who's at Washington, who we we all saw, you know, had some tremendous games this year. And, and this is a kid that's transferred before, but he found a spot in Washington. But he used it to his advantage. And I give him credit because these players deserve to be paid. Um, now, does that mean the, 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 the third string guy needs to be paid anywhere near the first string? No, um, but I think they all need to get paid. So you look at Michael Penix. And they're like, okay, well, we have all this momentum going on within our program. What can we do to keep this around? Well, he would probably make more at Washington than potentially he would if he took a risk on the draft, just because we don't know how the draft would play out with quarterbacks. Right. So him make him making all that money, he gets to stay around. I'm like, yeah, he'll go, he'll he'll take some online classes, but mainly he's gonna be living in the facility. And he's going to spend the next year making himself a top five draft pick. And I think that's smart. If you, if they're, here's another thing too. If they're going to give you the money, if they're going to say, Hey man, look, we want to keep you around here. We'd like to pay you this good amount of money. And you've got some leveraging. Just imagine what the young man's going to make off NIL over the next year up in the Northwest area. So I don't blame him. I think it's a very smart move. Um, I think other quarterbacks here, other quarterbacks are doing the same thing, but it's not public. You know, Dan Mullen said to right. me last Dan Mullen said to me last week, Dan, that you have a lot of boosters that are writing checks right now to keep players on rosters. So you're not seeing it publicly, but the ones that need the leverage are putting themselves in the portal with no intentions of leaving. Well, what I'm, what I'm saying is this. If I'm a kid or I'm the parent of a kid and my guy is a Michael Penix, that's great. I'm staying. But I got to tell you, if I'm the dad of a kid who's a backup quarterback that immediately wants to leave and go somewhere else, you know what, Trey? I got to have a deal done where my son, I know unless he gets hurt that he's going to be a starter and I don't, or I don't leave. I got to know I'm a starter if I'm going to transfer, particularly at the quarterback spot. No. Yeah. I mean, look at DJ, uh, at Clemson. Um, you can look, look at Keaton Slovis from Pittsburgh. I, I could go on with, with quarterbacks that have entered the portal. You know, you, you, it's hard to guarantee a spot. So that's when you go find a school that you know is in desperate need of that quarterback, and now you've got the leveraging power. There's only a number of quarterbacks in the portal as of right now, and there will be more that enter. But as of right now, 
that have that leveraging power over over the next school that 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 tries to recruit them or tries to sign them or offers them any kind of money, however you want to put it. So it is smart to have things lined up. Like you look at a case like JT Daniels from West Virginia, kid that transferred from USC, then went to Georgia, then went to West Virginia. Now he's looking for another place to play. Like he doesn't have a lot of leveraging power in my opinion, because there's a reason why he's leaving West Virginia. So I, I, and what he did in the past doesn't help him the way he tried to, you know, leverage Oregon state, uh, into a house, uh, into, you know, I saw the report. It was a personal chef as well. Like some of this stuff in the past is going to come back and bite these players. But I think if they're smart, I think if they have a, a smart family as well, giving them the good advice, you're going to be fine. You're going to leverage out a deal, damn, where you can go to the next school and you can be the starter and you're and the big man on campus. And then the NFL draft comes around. And if you're good enough, you're going to go make more money. But here's what a lot of people are missing. These players feel like this is their last chance at a good contract before maybe their college playing career or just football playing career ends. So go get your money now because everybody else is making it. So these players that are out there right now, go get as much money as you can before potentially it's over. You might have a shot at the NFL, but you don't know how long that's going to last and if you, if it's even going to. So I, I some some of these players I applaud, Dan. Others I kind of shake my head and I'm like, man, what are you doing? There's not greener pastures over there. Yeah, one of the things that I get I get fascinated by is Slovis was the starting quarterback, right? I understand why he left USC. He got a chance to start, and then all of a sudden he leaves because here comes Caleb. Well, I get all that, but what? Why leave a place you're the starter at a Power Five conference? I don't get that. He he, he when he got hurt during the season, he got hurt in that Tennessee game. Uh, and, and then things, you know, you, you see other quarterbacks play, you see him play, you know, he's looking for that big time school. It's the same thing. Well, I guess the best way to put it, it, it's not, I don't want to compare these two players because Jordan Addison was a Blitnikoff award winner. Um, but it's kind of the same thing where you're trying to cash in and go play at a bigger power five school that maybe has a shot at. Uh, contending for a national championship. Um, and, and I think that's what you're seeing out of Keaton. I, I'm interested to see who picks him up. Um, but right now, these players, you know, if, if an NIL collective is not up to par where you're at and you go make more money somewhere else, well, go try to do it. That's fine. But you've already made it be known that Technically, you can't be trusted on the roster. And by the way, too, once a player enters a portal, that coach at the current school is going out and recruiting and trying to find your replacement. So you having the opportunity to come back, it's pretty slim. So you're they're, they're taking big chances here, Dan, and I don't know how much it's going to pay off for some of them. All right, let me, let, let, let me go this route with you. All right, okay. we, we've heard – tampering all right we've heard coaches say hey look 
Uh, Mac Brown said, you know, I got a bunch of people tampering with my players. One of the things, and this is just me, Trey, you understand it better than me, but as soon as I see a current quarterback that is starting like a Slovis or whatever that leaves, two things enter my mind. One, the deal is already done somewhere, and two, to get the deal done, they tampered with a guy who was on another team. That's the two things that hit me right in the face. You are not wrong, brother. You're not wrong. Look, these players, I, I, <laughs> I spoke with one player who, before he entered the transfer portal, he had already heard from 12 different schools. Uh, and, and that comes from people getting a hold of their numbers, which is not hard to do. It's very easy. There's so many friends and high school coaches and current players on other rosters that it's easy to get a hold of the numbers. So they're negotiating a contract with an NIL collective before they leave the current school that they're at and going to sign with another. Now, where it doesn't look shady, these players are going to wait a certain period of time, not long, maybe a week, something like that, before that they agree and sign with another school or commit to another school. There is tampering all over the place in college football, but but none of it... Like, it's not different than what we've seen in the past when it comes to tampering. The difference is there's players that are getting offered these contracts from collectives and NIL groups, which in the past, it was, hey, man, come over here. We'll set you up, bag man, whatever, give you some money and go. Now it's all above the table. So you're, you're agreeing to these contracts with these, these different collectives. And, and I agree, man, there is a lot going on. Mac Brown wasn't kidding around. And the player that he was talking about, I would 95% sure it would be Drake May, the quarterback, uh, who has been rumored at times to be leaving, reported at times to be leaving, and then reported that he's not going anywhere at all, you know, by him. So – there's a lot of that going on right now, and uh, these coaches don't care anymore. You know why, Dan? Because the NCAA can't do a damn thing about it. They've already sunk themselves in the hole when it comes to this transfer portal, so they're just having to sit back and watch things explode. That's on them. That's ex- that's exactly right. Uh, you know, all right, you take a school like Indiana. Indiana currently has zero quarterbacks. And then you take a school like Colorado with Deion Sanders. We just did a thing where like over 400 or 200, whatever the hell it was, kids are reaching out. You know, uh, here at Indiana in basketball, Mike Woodson isn't as flamboyant as Deion, but he's got the same cachet. He turned down guys that were averaging double digits at other schools uh, because they wanted to come play. So you want to rebuild, fine, but you also – want to get decimated, that happens just as quick in this deal. Let me tell you something about Deion Sanders and what he's doing. When y'all, I say y'all, when everyone saw that video of Deion Sanders, and, and I wrote about this yesterday, when everybody saw that video where he's saying, if you're not part of the team or you don't want to put in the work, go ahead and hit the portal. What are you waiting on? Deion Sanders is trying to get as many current Colorado players to hit the portal as he can. Now, he's not doing it, you know, maliciously. You know, he's he's doing it in a sense of, well, we don't think you're going to cut it. 
or you're not the right guy for this program. There's a reason why. Every player that goes in, he can bring another transfer in. So every player that enters a portal, he can go out and bring another player on top of him to replace him. So if you get, let's say you get uh, 25, 30 players that enter the portal, well, you can now go bring in the, the same amount along with your signing class. So there is a possibility that Colorado and Deion Sanders are going to have like 40 new players on the roster come January. And and they're doing it, you know, in a way that it's not illegal. It's not anything like that. It's it's actually kind of smart because, Dan, you know this. Okay, you've been in these locker rooms. You've been in these team meetings. When a coach says something like that, people were kind of floored the other day. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe Dion was talking to his players like that. Guys, that that is PG rated compared to what oh goes on in team meetings about players taking a hike, Dan. You know that. hundred percent. Like somebody asked me, somebody asked me, well, how do you get rid of a player now? And I said, well, here's what you do. You say, fellas, it's a business. There's a portal. Get out of here. Used to be, you know, people uh, would say, well, a guy's just getting rid of of players. And that may have happened, but it was hard. There was a uh, appeals process. There was on-campus things that a player could do. It wasn't just like, hey, get the hell out of here. But now, if I'm an athletic director, I have no sympathy for for any player that is kicked off of a team because all I see around me is guys that just leave for whatever the reason. So I got no, it's like an open season both ways. Who's leaving? Hey, you're out. You're in. I want to leave as a player. I can leave. Hey, look, if I want you out as a coach, get your ass out of here. We'll figure it out. That's how I look at it. Hey, let me tell you something. When And, and I'm all for player rights on campus and them getting what they need when it comes to money, health care, all that good stuff. But with the new transfer portal and the NIL agreements, let me tell you something. At Colorado – they're like, hey, look, you got to hit the road. You, you, you're not cutting it here. We can't, we can't market you. You can't help our football program. This is free agency, okay? You have to be able to bring something to the table when it comes to these schools. So what we're seeing right now out of Colorado is Dion, like, okay, let's go through the list here. Who is not good enough to play Division I football and has gotten by over the last couple of years? And let's cut the roster down and let's bring in some more players that can do it. So, you know, you can you can not like it, but the reason why you're floored is because Dion does it a different way and puts everything on YouTube. Okay. It, it happens every single day. Every one of I, I'll tell you, every one of your favorite football coaches that you think is almighty and all this good jazz, I promise you, they had the same meeting with players. And it was probably a little harsher than Dion's because it wasn't on camera. It's a business now. This is this is NIL. This is marketing, playing time, millions of dollars being made through NIL now. And uh, this is just something people are going to have to get used to. I totally agree. I, I do. Trey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's ex- That's a great conversation. And you can complain about it, but you're just – you know, great complaint. It's like a friend of mine would tell his wife, Trey, 
A friend of mine would tell his wife, uh, you're mad at me? Yeah, I don't want to hear about it. Go ahead and be mad at me, but I, I don't need to hear it. Same thing. That's all. It's, you're mad? It's as simple as that. And there's too much money going around right now, which the players wanted, Dan. So this is where we're at, buddy. Thank you, my friend. Thank you very much. Enjoy. There you go. Off he goes, as my friend Mark Packer used to say. You want information, you go to Trey Wallace. Hey, Trey, Trey, Trey. Are you still there? Yeah. yeah, brother. Podcast. Podcast. Let's talk your podcast. Tell me what's happening. Yeah, all good. The Trey Wallace podcast is going to be coming out uh, tonight. We're going to have uh, Barrett Salee from CBS Sports is going to join me. Uh, great conversation on the portal. We're going a little bit deeper on why this is happening. Uh, the, the semifinals, college football, bowl games, coaching moves. We got it all, man. We got it all. So we're just... Continuing to build this monster at outkick.com, my brother. Yes, sir. And Trey is got it on the podcast side, on the article side, on investigation side. Trey Wallace is the best. He's a terrific follow. Um, we just talked about this earlier. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge just done lost his mind. Aaron Judge gets paid till he's like 40 and it's like 40 million a year. I ain't mad about it. Did you see this news? This is one of the most underrated stories. I didn't even whip this by Dylan and I didn't even whip this by Ryan, but did you see this? Apparently Jimmy Garoppolo uh, doesn't have Liz Frank, may not be out for the year. Jimmy Garoppolo will be out, they say, six to eight weeks. Look, everything is six to eight weeks. Let's just understand this. Any serious type injury is six to eight weeks, period. Why is this important? I'll tell you why this is important. Because Jimmy Garoppolo wins. Jimmy Garoppolo been to one Super Bowl, a NFC championship game last year. If the kid darn, I've said it a million times, if he catches the freaking ball, in the middle of the field, Jimmy Garoppolo goes to number two. But Jimmy Garoppolo just wins. I'm seeing all this crap on Baker Mayfield going from a bad team to a bad team this year. But Jimmy Garoppolo possibly, maybe, probably being available for the playoffs is big news. Look, I don't know how you go from being injured and out six to eight weeks. Let's say it's seven. Let's just split it down the middle, which is when the playoffs start and coming back. I don't know how you do that. Like, how are you good enough to not play, then all of a sudden play? But Jimmy G coming back is massive. It's a good football team. He's not going to require surgery on his foot. You're going to see Jimmy Garoppolo in a boot. He doesn't have the Liz Frank. So guess what? My man will be back in business. That, ladies and gentlemen, is massive, massive news. Now, look, they're also saying Baker Mayfield could play Thursday against the Raiders. I've said this forever, forever. You guys on the YouTube chat, I'm going to name you. You guys on the YouTube chat right now, there's like three, 400 people on it. I got to tell you. You on the YouTube chat, if you've listened to my radio show, you've heard me say this. A guy gets traded from one team to the other, and he doesn't play for a week. Well, I got to get my stuff together. No, you don't. So this is what I like about Baker Mayfield. I told you this earlier in the show. So Baker Mayfield, he gets traded. What happens? 
He's ready. He's there. He's showing up. $1.35 million of his contract is being paid by the Rams. So what does he do? He shows up to go play for the Rams. I don't know what to tell you. How good is that? Now, he's not any good anymore. Somehow he got sideways. I don't know. And he's not going to be the starting quarterback, or is he? Is Matt Stafford done? And oh, by the way, I want to talk about that for a second. Do you remember the video where Matt Stafford didn't help that woman out, that reporter that fell off the stage and he looked at her and he kind of smugly smirked and walked away and his wife had to help her? Karma. Let me tell you something else, and I talked about this. I'm a Rams player. I turn on my television. We just won the Super Bowl. You know who I see doing all the ads? Sean McVay. Karma. Tell you why. Anybody that's from the Chicagoland area will remember this. When the Bears won the Super Bowl in 1985, everybody got fat, but they didn't get fat like Ditka. Everybody had their own little place. McMahon had a place. Ditka had a place. Fensick uh, had a place. Uh, Walter Payton had a couple of places. Everybody got fat, but Ditka got the fattest. You saw Ditka in every single ad. Ditka probably never ate a grapefruit, but he was endorsing grapefruit. Ditka did every single ad. And when you talk to former players or you watch documentaries, that became a problem. Why? Because players have egos. They want to be the guy doing the soup commercial. They know the important ads, cars, fast food, the chunky soup commercial. These are big, ladies and gentlemen, the national commercials. Who's doing them? Not anybody that got hit. Not anybody that Aaron Donald, maybe he's doing one. But who do you see mostly? I'll tell you who you see mostly. Sean McVay. Sean McVay doing those commercials and doing so many of them was a big mistake. What you do as a coach is you say, no, man, I appreciate you, but I'm going to let so-and-so do it. Uh, get Stafford to do it, he and his wife. Get Darnold to do it. Get him going with his family. It'll be a great story. Get Cooper Cup to do it. Let Jalen Ramsey do it. Let those guys do it. Don't ditka yourself. I'm telling you, don't ditka yourself. It's bad business. And this is what we're going through in Indy. Don't make it about you when you're the coach. Make it about them. What do we call it? Servant leaders? Servant leadership. Jeez. I got to tell you, it'll make you crazy, but you got to do it. Lula, come here. My dog, I don't know where she is. All right, Aaron Judge signed. That's big news. But you know what bigger news is? Bigger news is what we got going. You're not going to believe somebody's what the hell's. You Seriously, you're not going to believe them. You're going to go, what the hell? Isn't that kind of the point of the whole thing, though? Yeah, you're going to go, what the hell, when we show you. There's all kind of things. Uh, what do we got here? A Satan club. We got a Satan club offered in your schools. We got the Liver King with an apology. Uh, guy wants to sue Drew Brees. I tattooed my eyebrows, my eyeballs, purple and blue. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going blind. You got to see this. Stay right here. You guys on the YouTube chat. Let's go. I don't know if Jeff Brom's leaving. We can go to commercial. I'm just going to keep talking to the YouTube chat. Be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. 
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, The YouTube chat is absolutely freaking bumping. That's what the kids say. Bumping, baby. Let's see. Brom, Broom, I said Broom. I didn't even spell his name right. Brom to Louisville. Uh, We got a Satan club going. We got a Satan club for primary school kids. And on the YouTube chat, Mr. Cawthorn says, hey, what's wrong with a Satan club? What's wrong with a Satan club? He says it feels like a good time, an after-school Satan club. How about that? I mean, is that unbelievable? This is primary school kids. Illinois Elementary School has decided uh, they host an extra, an elementary school is hosting an extracurricular club organized by the Satan Temple that sought to promote a scientific, rationalist, non-superstitious worldview. A flyer at the school, this is a grade school, at Jane Addams Elementary School in Moline, Illinois, advertised a Satan club. The flyer ensures parents that the instructors have passed, listen to this, criminal background checks and have been vetted by the ever-popular Satanic Temple. Now, How wouldn't you let your kid go? Ah, sign Andrew and Laura up. Are you kidding me? Let's hear, let's get a little video from Tucker Carlson on this, please. Oh, we didn't have audio. All right, our bad. Well, anyway, the Satanic Temple is a non-theistic religion that views Satan as a mythical figure representing individual freedom and that the club does not attempt to convert children to any religious ideology, only encouraging them to think for themselves. They add that the Satanic Temple emphasizes scientific, rationalistic, non-superstitious worldview. Yeah, okay. One parent said, and I agree with this, open the floodgates for all manner of evil and perversion clubs to follow. No moral codes for good, bad, right, wrong. Glad not to have children subjected to learning in such an environment. Look, we, some reason, don't know why, have decided we want to promote evil to our children. That's just what we've decided. We've decided this is a good thing, to promote evil. We want evil in our children's lives, and I don't understand it. We, for some reason, decided that, well, you know what? We're going to have lap dances for children. We're going to tuck bucks for children. We're going to have Satan clubs for children. After school, come learn about Satan. How about after school, you go to church? How about after school, you go hang out with your dad? How about after school, you go play a sport or join the journalism club or learn something? How about after school, you go to a playground and run around? All right, let's hear it. Tucker Carlson, we got the audio back up. Let's hear it, Dylan. 
In case you're wondering if it's really a spiritual war we're watching, here's this news story. The Illinois Elementary School is offering an after-school Satan Club. The local school district is defending the Satan Club. It's sponsored by the Satanic Temple of the United States. The club claims it will help kids learn benevolence and empathy as well as, quote, personal sovereignty. We're going to the source on this story. Lucienne Graves is with the Satanic Temple and joins us tonight. Mr. Graves, thanks so much uh, for coming on. So I have to ask, are, are parents complaining that there's an after-school Satan club at their children's school? Some are, but they don't have to send their children to the program. It's available for parents who do want to send their children to the program, and it's there as an alternative to religious clubs that are made to proselytize to children. Ours doesn't include items of religious opinion. It doesn't include indoctrination. It just has a self-directed learning program with trained educators there to help guide the children through different activities and projects may, may that ask, they want to engage in. Where are the Satan clubs trained educators trained? Is there a They're Satan trained through school us. of we've theology? No, we've, uh, we've got educators who have volunteered with us. We vet them. We do the criminal background checks that aren't required of after-school clubs and haven't been required of any of the religious clubs because we want to be responsible about this. Jesus, that guy looked like Satan. But why? Why do children need to learn about Satan? Why do children, I got some idiot state rep or some, I don't know, her, her daughter's all upset about climate change. Why do children need to know about climate change? You know what children need to know? It's snowing outside, there's your climate change. It's cold, it's warm. What are we doing? Why is there, I say it every day, and you guys, I know you agree with me. I know you do. Uh, right. Ron Richardson says, what's wrong with that dude's eyes? Because he's Satan. That dude looked like Satan. Bill Martin said people have lost their minds. Lost their minds. They have absolutely lost their minds for some reason. But you know what? I really believe this. There aren't a lot of people out there. There really aren't that agree with this kind of stupidity. Schools get along, or go along to get along, it feels like, and nobody has any backbone, which is why I love working at OutKick. The dude, Nick Chaplin, looked like Satan. Uh, the YouTube chat is where we're going to be most of the time now. We've changed policy, so go to the YouTube chat and chill out with us. All right. Hey, God bless you. All right. Let's, uh, let's hear from the liver king. The liver king apologized for lying about taking steroids. He did it, ladies and gentlemen to save people who are dying from depression and suicide. That's why the liver king lied about steroids. Do we have video of the liar king? I love that. That's pretty good. Do we have video of the liar king? Yes, I've done steroids. And yes, I'm on steroids, monitored and managed by a trained hormone clinician. Liver king, the public figure, was an experiment to spread the message, to bring awareness to the 4,000 people a day who kill themselves, the 80,000 people a day that try to kill themselves, our people are hurting at record rates with depression, autoimmune, anxiety, infertility, low ambition in life. Our young men are hurting the most, feeling lost, weak, and submissive. So I made it my job to model, teach, and preach a simple, elegant solution called ancestral living, the nine ancestral tenants, so our people no longer have to suffer, so we can collectively express our highest and most dominant form. This is my fight. This is why I exist. 
while spreading the message, I've been on several podcasts and when asked if I've ever taken steroids, I've always said no, I don't touch the stuff, not going to touch the stuff, never touch the stuff. That was a lie. I've convinced myself that this had nothing to do with the ancestral message. I convinced myself that I'm not a competitive athlete of any kind, so who the f am I cheating? I convinced myself that this topic was a placeholder for a far more important conversation. Say whatever you want, man. That's the world we live in. Say whatever you want. We'll buy it. Yeah, you're saving lives. I know you are. Of course you are. Because we want you eating meat and lying to us to save our lives. You know how many people die? I don't have the answer to this, but I know two that took steroids and they committed suicide. So this guy is trying to tell you he's, he's trying to stop suicide. And maybe he is. I don't know. Hell, all you got to do is get in trouble and then you just say, I got depression or I'm trying to help or whatever. This is such crap. And my thing is this. I don't know why. I have no idea why this guy is even a thing. I mean, somebody tell me. Uh, can you tell me why this guy's a thing? So he goes about, and you're exactly right, Spice Rack. He goes about the business of lying and lying and lying and lying and lying and lying and lying. But now he's telling the truth. Oh, okay. Here's what happens in these instances. You want to know? You get caught in a lie. You gather with people. You maybe hire somebody and you come up with that. You come up with a video. You come up with a tweet. You come up with something somewhere, somehow, Facebook, social media, whatever, and you spin it. You see it all the time in politicians. You see it all the time in everybody. You got to spin it. And if you don't spin it, well, but don't apologize. I will tell you this right now. Never apologize to anybody. Even this guy, don't apologize. Because if you apologize, it's over. Hey, I lied. What are you going to do about it? I was trying to save the world. Say whatever you want. Hey, Dan, uh, Ron Richardson, are we having a contest to see who can be the craziest? I think we are. Crazy cells. But I got to ask a question. At what point does it end? I don't think it does. I honestly don't think it does. All right. An environmentalist is standing up for misinformation after lightning plans to sue Drew Brees after the fake video of him being struck by lightning. So environmentalists plan to sue Drew Brees over fake lightning video. They're standing up. Here it is. Yeah, I don't care.
Yeah, I don't care. Uh, sue everybody. Sue everybody. Misinformation. Look, um, I don't know. I'm suing on behalf of lightning everywhere. I'm suing because I want to defend lightning misinformation. Lightning misinformation is a problem. And I think we need to do something about it. Well, what is wrong with people? Seriously, what, what, what are we doing? By the way, the Red Sox just announced a two-year, $32 million contract for Kenley Jansen. But while we're doing this, we're suing. We want to sue. Environmentalists are blanked off, and rightfully so, damn it. I want to get to the bottom of this. I want to protect lightning. Did you see this? Uh, we don't have this on here, but it probably needs to be. Uh, this came out late last night. Shark Week is racist. I don't know if you saw that, but Shark Week is racist. It is racist. Uh, it lacks diversity. There's too many white men. Discovery Channel, according, this is the dumbest thing you're ever going to read. Shark Week lacks diversity, overrepresents men named Mike. This is actually, actually in the New York, uh, Washington Post. Think about that. That's the Washington Post, the home of Watergate. And we're going to sue lightning. God bless you. This might qualify as the dumbest thing and least surprising thing that I have heard in a long time. A woman tattooed her eyeball, uh, eyeballs, purple and blue, and now she says she's going blind. I don't know. It seems to me that tattooing your eyeballs, not eyebrows, eyeballs, purple and blue, and now she's going blind. So what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen, this idiot, and you are an idiot. I don't give a damn if you're white, black, male, female, I, old, young, I don't care. You are a stone idiot. And to answer your question, Ron Richardson, here's another example of, yes, we are trying, trying very hard to be the dumbest human being on the planet. It is a race. It's a race, Nick. It's a race, Edward Briggs. It's a race, Ron Richardson. We are having a contest to see who can be the biggest idiot on the planet. And this lady absolutely has to be in the running. Look, the liar, king, or whatever the hell he calls himself, eating liver, he's a complete stone idiot, but he didn't tattoo his eyeballs. Hey, look, I think I'm going to go get my eyeballs tattooed. Oh, wait, I'm shocked that my eyes are puffing and I can't see? You're an idiot, lady. I'm sorry, you're a stone idiot. I mean, honest to God, can anybody please explain to me how you are anything but an idiot? Like at some point, and I know we're all afraid, right? I know we're all like, oh my God, you know, we can't say this, we can't. No, shut up, you're an idiot. Snake tongue as well. Yes, snake tongue. Doc Martin. And these folks vote. Yeah, they do vote, Ron. They do. Hey, Dan, if I jumped off my roof and broke my leg, would I be able to sue my home builder? Yeah. You can sue anybody, anytime, anywhere. Just do something that is, oh, I don't know, particularly 
incredibly, maniacally stupid. So there's our poll. Would you get your eyes tattooed? I'm telling you, there is no way that seven people on this chat, no chance that seven people on here said that they would. There is zero shot of that. Zero. Nada. None. All right. Of all these people, let's go to Wokadope. Let's see who is the idiot that made our Wokadope today. Let's see. What do we got here? Oh, this is unbelievable. Read this for yourself. Misgendering a cat, a pet, can result in serious micro-subconscious distress. Pay attention to clues, ladies and gentlemen. Your pet will let you know his, her, they, the, sure identity through things like body language, toy preferences, and reaction to gendered pet closing. Uh, and lesby, there's no way you're a human being. I got to look you up. There is zero chance that you are an actual human being. And lesby has to be some sort of like lesbian. You see what I'm doing here? Like some kind of name where, yeah, okay. Uh, you're actually believing this. So this lady, Ann Lesby, and it's always this. It is always this. Head of gender studies at some nondescript, ridiculous university. ACL University. It's always that. Look up a lady named Joanne Mellis. Just a ridiculous professor at a nondescript university. They're all the same people. Here's what else this lady said. Name a Christmas song, and I will tell you why it triggers me. Thin-bodied people own reparations to larger-bodied folk, F-O-L-X, for hundreds of years of fat discrimination. I am arguing this. I am arguing there is no way, no chance, Ann Lesby is not a real person. She is not a real person but it is still hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't care. If I got duped, I got duped. But I love Ann Lesby. Ann Lesby for president. Ann Lesby sounds like a bot. She's not a bot. It's a fake account. And that's what I did not. I love when we do this. I purposely don't like to know because I like to predict, are these people, in fact, Bots. No question about it. Zero question. No question. Absolutely not a real person, but still really funny. And people wonder why their kids come back from college completely whacked out. Why are parents paying money to send their children to be influenced by this loon? Well, Connie, this one person is not a real person, but your point is absolute. Like, if you go to Indiana University, you're going to get the most whacked out professors, unless, of course, you just stick to the, to the basics, math and biology, that kind of thing. Well, not even biology. You're going to get all these whacked out guys. And look up Joanne Mellis. I'm telling you, these people are fascinating. Derek Krim. These people are fascinating people. I got my first dose of them a few years ago when they got mad at me. 
And then the world got mad at me. The Indy Star got mad at me. The USA Today got mad at me when I said I would not, quote, go at it in a pool with a woman that wasn't my wife. People lost their minds. I don't get it. But hey, it is what it is. Let me give you a couple of losers of the week. All right? It's only Wednesday. But all you kids out there that decided for whatever the reason that you're entering the transfer portal, you're not all losers of the week. Some of you should enter the transfer portal. But I got to tell you, if you are playing in the college football playoff, if you are playing college football at Ohio State, Georgia, TCU, and Michigan, and you enter the transfer portal, you are a stone-cold loser. You have no nothing, no coach should hang with you, not one. I'm sorry, not one. If you've played in the game, there's a kid at Ohio State that played in a game, played in four or five games, and he is leaving. I got to tell you, you guys suck. You play, ladies and gentlemen, you absolutely play to play for championships. And I'm saying this totally as a coach. You may be the nicest kids in America. You may be the nicest guys. But Jalen Johnson entered the portal, reserve safety. He has not played an ACL injury. He's fine. I got no problem. Taraja Mitchell, special teams. He's going to leave with one season left. He appeared in four games as a super senior. I don't care. I'm saying this to you. I'm saying to you, if you are in college and you decide, I'm going into the portal, and you're not Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson isn't playing. He has a knee problem. He was a three-star recruit. He's been injured. Good. But this other dude was a team captain. And starting linebacker in 2021, and then he got beat out. So he's leaving. I got to tell you, I'm not recruiting him. I don't care if I need a linebacker. I don't care if I'm in the MAC. I don't care. If I'm in the MAC and I can get a linebacker from Ohio State to come play that is a team captain, great. I ain't taking him. Because they don't help you win. Guys, that transfer when your team is in the national championship conversation that are supposed to be players. Now, you can argue it all you'd like with me. I honestly don't care. I don't care. I'm talking to you strictly as a coach. There is no chance. Like people say, well, you know. You know. He put his name in because he had to put his name in. All right. Okay. You, uh, you put your name in because this is the time that you had to put your name in. That's great. But I ain't playing you. I ain't playing you even a little bit. And I got to tell you, uh, if I'm Michigan, I've got to be very careful. There's a Cal Poly tight end that Michigan has offered. If I'm a current tight end at Michigan and I have, oh, I don't know, eligibility left, getting ready for a national championship game, I want to know what the hell's going on around here. Just telling you. In the Big Ten, 11 Indiana players 
10 Maryland players, 9 Wisconsin, 7 Nebraska, 6 Minnesota, Iowa, Rutgers, and Michigan State, 5 Penn State, 4 Purdue and Northwestern, 3 from Michigan, 2 from Illinois, and 2 from Ohio State. So, you know what? I'm not touching the 3 from Michigan. We want to hear more, don't we? You guys want to hear more from Ann Lesby. You guys do. You want to hear more. All right, let's give us some more, Dylan. Give us some more, Ryan. Give us some more Ann Lesby. She's a new superstar around these parts. What's she got to say, fellas? Hang on a second, the computer froze. We have a new favorite, Ann Lesby. Allow me to remind you that Detransition is a right-wing conspiracy. Trans people are trans. Do not support the detrans illusion. We must continue to call them by trans names and pronouns lest they slip into their cis delusions. I love this one. Name a Christmas song and I will tell you why it triggers me. Thin-bodied people own reparations to large-bodied folks for hundreds of years of discrimination. What else you got here? There it is. Wait. I can't read that. Should black men have freedom to discriminate against white customers? Should white business owners have the freedom to discriminate against black customers? Oh, man. I think we have a new favorite. I do. The truth of the matter is you can change the name and put these other professors in there, and that's who they are. It's amazing, the world of professors. I knew it too, Jeff Wong. By the way, our YouTube chat, this is where you can find us. We're going to build the YouTube. We got all kind of different stuff going on with Twitter. I don't like it. Uh, our numbers on Twitter are down. So you can find us all day here at the frickin' uh, YouTube. Go to the Outkick on YouTube and you'll see it. And we love you for being here. All right. Continue with the loop. If you are transferring when your team is in the Final Four, you suck. Unless you have an injury unless you just can't play or you never play. If you've never played in the game, great. But damn, at some point you got to understand in your career, I am not here. I am not going to make the NFL. I got a chance to play for a national championship. I got beat out like this kid got beat out as a linebacker. You're one sprained ankle away from playing in the national semifinal or the national championship. I get it, playing it and then lose. But any self-respecting coach has lost confidence in you. Maybe it's just different. Maybe the world isn't the world that I see, and that's too bad. But that's my take on it. You're a freaking idiot if you leave a national champion, or even if you put your name in. You can still put your name in, I think, after the national champion. Hey, what are they going to do? Say you can't transfer? Hell, they'll let you transfer. They give you all kind of transfer. Be with your team. Be great with your team. And away you go. Hey, Dan, did you see this? Alabama had players enter the portal during Auburn week. Quitters and losers. I'm saying, at some point, there's got to be a little bit, just a little bit of common sense loyalty and want to win. And if I'm wrong about that, whoever's saying that I'm wrong about that can kiss my backside. At some point, there's got to be some loyalty, some 
when you're winning. I understand, Coach Leaves, go do whatever you want. I understand. Your team's no good, go transfer if you can play a better place. I got no problem with all that. But at some point when your team's playing for a championship or its biggest rival, you got to have some loyalty in this world. Oh, man. I got to tell you. Uh, Dan, when I say PhD, it tells me professional student. You're damn right. You're damn right. And I'll tell you something else. I don't care what kind of business I own. If I owned it, I guess it'd be a white-owned business. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your thoughts are. I don't care about any of it. I'm selling it to you. My goal in business is to make money. Cashola, scratch, dinero, you name it, I want to make it. Anyway, uh, the YouTube chat, we're going to have all kind of polls out. We got one right now. We have all kind of things. Thanks to everybody, Ryan and Davey, and of course my guy Dylan, who just went and shot ducks. Aaron, you're spectacular. The whole crew, the boss was on today, Clay Travis. Tell your friends, let's keep building this up. This show is important. You are important. Have a wonderful afternoon. You can catch this act on YouTube, actually. Uh, Go to 1075thefan.com or just go to YouTube here, and I'll be on from noon to 3. Peace out. Word to your mother.